Are you ready to take action to attain the lifestyle of your dreams? It's a great way to make a lot of money fast, fast, fast. Hey, what's going on, guys? Cody Sperber, the OG Clever Investor, back again. Welcome to the Clever Investor Show. Super excited you're here. Uh, today, we got a great special guest. Um, he's an entrepreneur and now a real estate investor. He is the uh, founder of Flex Watches. You might have seen him on The Profit and MTV's The Real World. He's an NFT creator and collector and uh, just a very interesting young, successful entrepreneur that I'm really excited that you guys get to know. Trav, 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 Trav Lebinski is on the show with us today. What's up, Trav? What up? Thanks Man, for having I'm me. I'm glad you're here. Sorry for slaying your name right there. No, you're Trav, good. Trav, the big Trav. Um, I met you through Dan Fleischman and uh, uh, obviously got to a really good chance to get to know you as you joined the mastermind, started coming around more. And we've even partied once or twice in San Diego. Maybe. Yeah, had a little bit of fun, broke some bread. I'm excited that you're here, dude. You, you're, you're a really smart, successful entrepreneur, e-com guy. And it started, you know, w w when I first saw you, I saw you on The Profit. I didn't see you on Real World. But I kind of want to walk through your beginning journey because there's a you 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 flex watches is a cool concept because um, you know and and Cole Hatter teaches how to create four purpose businesses. You were doing a four purpose business long before I even heard of what a four purpose business was. It was like you, Tom Shoes, what else? Like Nike, like, Live Strong bracelets. Live Strong bracelets in the beginning, yeah, and that was a lot of the inspiration. Yeah. So um, let's just kind of go back. You're from California and uh, you're growing up. Were you always entrepreneurial or is this something, are you born as an entrepreneur, Trav, or is this something you fell into? How did you end up wanting to start your own business? It's a great question. So where I grew up, a lot of clothing lines were starting in like the late nineties. And my older brother's friend started a clothing line called LRG. And they created a brand by using celebrities and kind of creating a lifestyle. So I'd say in middle school, I was exposed to that lifestyle and I really wanted to be part of a brand or start a brand in my life. So in high school, I took a home ec like screen printing class and I learned how to print t-shirts because it was something I was already passionate about. And then when I went to college at San Diego State, I saw that there wasn't a place to design and manufacture Greek apparel for fraternities and sororities. And I had a background screen printing. So I actually bought a screen press and I started a printing company when I got to college. So that was the beginning of my real entrepreneurship. I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, my business partner, Bryant, um, ran Explosion Sportswear for many years, scaled that and was huge in the screen printing apparel world, especially for college. He had every major college, yeah. all the brands. And that I actually know them. And that's how I got into licensing, right? Was getting the collegiate licenses and the Greek licenses. Yeah, which and, is hard to do. Yeah, it was hard to it's do. It's expensive. And I was learning, right? I mean, the first thing I did was print t-shirts for my fraternity and like, you know, our friends' fraternities and sororities. Uh, and then we got caught not having the license. So I was like, <laughs> what oh, What happens when you get caught? They send you like little legal letters yelling at you? Yeah, basically saying you don't have the right to sell this and that you have to get a license and go through this process. So since we already had clients, we kind of got you know, the opportunity to get a license because we're already manufacturing. So it wasn't as hard because they wanted us to get the license. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so, you know, going through that process, I initially just started screen printing, but then I started sourcing products overseas for clients that wanted like hard goods, like sunglasses or beach towels or whatever. And a friend of mine found a really cool watch 
And the face popped out of the band. It was interchangeable. It was flexible. And we're like, man, this would be so cool to create our own brand. And like I told you, I've always wanted to create my own brand. And I loved watches growing up. So I jumped at this opportunity. I was like, I think I could source this watch. Let me try and make this flex watch. So I took the concept and I perfected it. And I made a new mold and a a concept where I'll show you the face actually pops out of the band. Yeah, what is a flex watch? So the watch is interchangeable. And All right, so we got this cool, what is this, like silicone silicone. silicone band. So it's nice and comfortable. It's kind of the same kind of band like a Apple watch would have. Yeah, it's made from silicone. And then this is the face plate, which it's stainless steel on the back, plastic on the front. Okay. And you can customize the casing and the facing. So Got it. So you just pop them in and you can play with different colors and concepts and whatnot. Am I doing that right? Yeah, yeah. I'll show you. Yeah, that's easy. Just pops in and then you pull little teeth. Pull, pull little teeth? Pull, or push the little teeth, I'll show you. I'm screwing this all up. You do it. I'll you do, do it. I'll show do me it what's going on. I'm putting the yeah, watch back in because it pops out. Teeth? Yeah. So they go in there like that and click Oh, in. I see. You, you're and a pro. Pop. You've yeah. done this before. Done it before. So, all right. So we find this watch and we're like, let's create a brand. You know, and the Livestrong bracelets are popular. And there are these yellow bands that Nike makes that give back to cancer with Lance Armstrong. So my idea, or our idea was like, let's pick a bunch of different colors that represent a different causes and make this watch. And that's how it really began. We sourced this watch in 2011. And in the summer of 2011, when we were building this brand, we actually ended up on a shot of the real world in San Diego. And we were organically integrated into that um, with the watches and as characters. So we ended up doing a deal with Viacom and they integrated Flex Watch's storyline into the show. And on the show, you can see us help one of the cast members start a charity um, launch his brand, create apparel for him, create a watch for him. And then we launch it at a fashion show, at a local nightclub with, uh, you know, performing artists and all that stuff. So that kind of became the brand, right? We're on reality TV, millions of people are watching and it kind of catapulted us to the forefront of the watch space under $50. So we have this affordable Because there was nobody watch. else really doing this back then. No, and especially at that price point. Like there wasn't, even like you said, there wasn't a lot of brands doing cause marketing in the first place. So that was unique angle and a cool story to tell. Um, it was awesome for television, like telling that story of how we we're affected by these different causes. And then you connect with the cast members that were affected by those causes and really build that story. You know what I mean? And this is before Instagram. So storytelling on reality TV was like the prime time, right? So real quick, I just, you, you said it like it was so like nonchalant, like we're now we're on the real world and we're doing a deal with Viacom. But like, First off, you 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 source these watches. You come up with the idea. You had to come up with a name, right? So how'd you come up with the name? You just played with it and said it's flexible. I'm yeah, in. I mean, the watch was flexible. So we determined like, let's just keep it short and sweet and flex was available. So we trademarked the word flex and that's where it began. Okay, so you trademarked the word flex. Have you ever trademarked anything before? That was my first time, but we had experience with licensing. So I knew owning the IP was going to be important. And building a brand around that IP was going to be key because I watched other people. So you just call call an attorney. Hey, I'm trying to figure this out. I need to I need to trademark this. Yeah. Okay. So then now you you're you have the watch. How'd you end up on the real world? All right. So what we did um, was we took a missions trip down to uh, to Mexico and we helped provide meals for children in need. So that was kind of like the first thing we did was we sold watches at Mariner's Church in Irvine. And we took the profits down to Mexico and Rojo Gomez 
And we helped build a community center and provide meals for children in need. So during that trip, we were having all these conversations about how we can build this brand and do a bunch of causes, not just meal program, right? And so my co-founder's mom connected us to this meal program in Mexico. And we went down there for a couple of days. And when we came back, we were thinking like, how do we expand this? How do we tell our story? Like what we just did down in Mexico was so cool. If we could visually show this to people, right? And they could see what we just did. They would be like, this is so cool. So that was like the concept in our head. And we got back to San Diego and we were starving. We were like, let's go get some food. So we go to this bar called Miller's Field. And we sit down and I look up and I see lights and cameras and a boom mic. And I'm like, this is crazy. I don't know what's going on, but let's just seize the moment, right? And one of the kids that's sitting at the bar is wearing a Livestrong bracelet. And I look over and I'm like, hey, you like this watch? And I take my watch off and he looks straight at me and I show him the watch. And then the kid next to me starts talking to my business partner. And then one thing leads to another. And we tell him the story. We're like, yeah, we were just down in Mexico. We provide meals for these children in this breakfast program, and now we're building our brand. And one of the castmates was uh, affected by suicide in his family. He wanted to create a charity to raise awareness for suicide and raise money for it. So I was wearing a blue watch on my wrist, and I'm like, you know, we don't have a charity for this watch. So we decided to help him launch a charity to raise awareness for suicide, and a, a portion of the sales of this blue watch were going to go to his charity. So this all happened on camera, and I thought that was it. I thought that was the scene. And we walk out. Production comes like, hey, hey, come here, sign this release, do this stuff. And then the kids walk out and they invite us over to the real world house. They're like, yo, you should come to the house and we should talk about this. So one thing leads to another. 40 days straight, I'm getting calls from the real world house every day. Can we come to the office? Can we come like to, you know, flex watches to work? And so I ended up bringing these kids to the office, making them a brand, building them a website. And then, like I said, doing a fashion show. And after we finished filming, then the production company sold the show to Viacom. And then the network saw it. And they're like, hey, we got to talk because you guys are integrated into all these shots. And this is millions of dollars worth of exposure. And we're like, oh, what does this even mean? Like you're integrated into all this footage. Like you have to either pay and become part of the show or we're going to cut all this, right? So we had this decision to make. We're like, wow. We have to actually do a deal with Viacom to get this footage to air, but we didn't have millions of dollars. So we came up with a creative solution and we pitched them on a licensing deal where we paid them and we gave them a percentage of sales. And we ended up doing that deal for two years. Um, and during that time, we got access to their you know, advertising, their television commercials and their digital team at cost. So as long as we paid the cost for the advertising, um, we were able to do this partnership. So Long story short, I went from filming for 40 days straight to talking to Viacom to three days later signing a deal with them and filming commercials to raise awareness for suicide that got ran on MTV, right? Oh my God. I so love this it story. It was just wild, dude. It was I like, love this story. This is great, you know, and it, it's it it resonates with me because I I'm a big believer in for purpose businesses. Like it's great to make a lot of money, but if you can make impact at the same time, you're building it right into the model. When I first started like really focusing on charity, the first one I did is I my one of the guys that used to work for me, his name was Zach, Zach Bali. He was uh, a wholesaler with me and we were flipping contracts and making money in the real, we just hustling, right? And we were doing really well and he was working for me. And I think he was making about a hundred grand a year, 150 grand a year, which is really good money as a wholesaler. 
and this is early in my career. And he, one day he comes into the office and he goes, I'm, I'm quitting. And I said, what do you mean you're quitting? And, and you're, you're quitting my working with me? And he goes, no, 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 I'm quitting real estate. And I said, what are you talking about? Like, we're finally like doing pretty well. Like, yeah. what do you mean you're quitting? Really? He goes, I'm going to um, go to Guatemala and I'm going to build schools for underprivileged kids. It's in my heart and I want to do it. And um, I have a nonprofit called Hug It Forward that another guy started. And it was literally a viral clip of this guy hugging people and you had to hug it forward. It was like this hugging viral video. He said, that guy's not doing much with this charity and I want to go and take it over and run with it. And I think I could build a lot of schools and make this huge impact in third world countries for underprivileged kids. And they were doing it, taking, going into a community, convincing the locals to help them gather all of the trash because apparently in a lot of these communities, bottles, plastic bottles were a massive problem. They don't have recycling programs. They don't even have trash programs. So they would take it and just throw it in the forest. And so he would get the communities involved, go around. First, he would raise money to go do these mm -hmm. kind of mission trips. Then he would convince these local communities to go collect all the trash and they would take the plastic of the outside or any other trash they found in the community and they would stuff it inside the bottles and create eco bricks. And they would use those to build the walls of the school. And it became this whole, and I was like, I'm going to be your biggest supporter. I'm going to, and I'm like, what do you need? And he goes, well, I need, and I need a way to go around the country and raise awareness and raise money. And I'm like, I'll buy you an RV. He's like, you're going to buy me an RV. And I said, yeah, buy an RV. So the next day I bought him an RV and I'm like, That's go around, so like, I'm like, go around this country. Let's do this. And he's like, well, dude, you've done enough. You don't have to do anything else. And I'm like, no, I want to pay you a thousand bucks a month and to start. And then I'll ramp it up from there to pay all of your personal costs. So when you raise money, you don't have to take any of the money out to su survive. So I funded him for the first, like maybe like seven or eight years. Wow. All of his personal costs as he drove around and raised awareness for this. We built, I think well over a hundred schools. Dude. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> That's so sick. But that first, that was my first like time. And I never really talked a lot about it because it was just something I was personally doing on the side to support because I, I'm in it, you know, I wanted to be a teacher as a kid. So I thought, oh, this is great. They're building schools. And we're going upstream. We're helping underprivileged kids. These third world countries, are, they need us. Let's do this. But I had never thought about actually building it into the business model. And the fact that you were already there emotionally, and you're one of those people that are like, you're great at making money, but you're making your money matter, which is a large point part of this podcast. So now you're doing a, and by the way, I want to know, what do you have to pay a company like Viacom to cut a licensing deal? Like what is generalities? Like what does that yeah, look like? I mean, we, we personally invested about $150,000 in advertising with them and then gave them a percentage. So like, is that like 5%, 10%, 20%? Are they taking like, are they like sharks? Are they like, Hey. Yeah. Between 10 and 20%. Okay. Yeah. It's like a normal licensing royalty deal. Pretty standard. Okay. All right. And and you're just finagling your way through this as it's happening. It's your first time doing a big yeah. major kind of deal like this. Pretty much, man. I mean, I saw what they had lined out for, you know, product integration, um, product mention, storyline integration. So like So you kind of knew, hey, it's gonna hit the airwaves like a bunch of times. Yeah, I had saw that they had they were like, Oh, you got mentioned in like six episodes and like, you know, it's a couple million dollars per episode to be able to do product integration. So I was like, wow, this is going to be huge. You know what I mean? But so they didn't even know how big. So just think about that. You have a hit TV show like Real World. It's the biggest 
at freaking the time. thing at the time. Yeah. Everything in the background, everything being handled or mentioned is product integration. Yeah. Like that doesn't happen and, by accident. Like you don't see it if they're not paying for it. Correct. They'll cut it out. So like when yeah. you say you look at the real world house, you see those fridges, Rockstar fridge, Red Bull fridge. Yeah. That's, that's a paid placement. You know what I mean? And everywhere they're eating, whether they're going to Subway, Subway gives them, you know, a black card so they can all eat there. So they go there every day. They're filming that. That's a Subway integration. Yeah, they're wearing brilliant. flex watches, talking about flex watches, going to flex watches fashion show. That's an integration, right? So it's all organic and they don't force anything. They just kind of set it up and hope that the castmates use the stuff or interact with the product. And based on how much they use it is how much exposure that brand gets. That's so brilliant. if people don't like to drink the energy drink, but they like to talk about and wear the watch, then the watch will get way more exposure than the energy drink, right? So are you guys just blowing up after this deal? Like, is it is it like uh, the advertising really is worth millions of dollars? Yeah. So, I mean, I had never done e-commerce before. You know, this is 2011. We're on Magento. We have a disk server out in Australia. The show airs. We did over a million dollars in sales and crashed our server. And like, literally was like, oh, whoa. And we oversold by like thousands of units. And meaning the, the watches even, did not exist. Yeah. Yet. Like we didn't even have enough inventory. Like we didn't even think to cap the inventory on the back end of Magento. I don't even really know at the time if you could track it on platform. You had to like keep a separate dock. <laughs> you know what I mean? So wow. we just went from like zero to a million. And in that process, we learned a lot. It was like the tail wagging the dog. So now we had a source product. We had to rush it. We were going to, this was like end of October and it was like six day lead time. So we were, really close to missing Christmas and people needed these things shipped by like December 15th, you yeah. know? And so we were like really, really cutting it close. I didn't even know what Chinese New Year was. I was just like, wait, what's going on? They're shutting down the port. Like we, we're losing a month. Like what are we going to do? And so we learned all these things from imports, tariffs and all that during that process because we were bringing in so much product. We had to get the logistics down. I ended up changing manufacturers, getting a fulfillment center, like all these things that I had never done before. You know, I'm doing it at the age of 25, you know, and I'm still running my screen printing business. I still have clients. I'm working with Paris Hilton now. I'm making all her merch, running her e-commerce store. And she's a DJ. So she wants, you know, towels and hard goods, hats, glasses shipped to Ibiza for her phone party. So I'm like, whoa, I'm doing all sorts of logistics. I'm doing business all over the world. You know what I mean? I'm up talking to the people in Ibiza about shipping stuff in and I'm getting up early to talk to China or staying up late to try and get these shipments in. It was just like a whole whirlwind of learning. You know what I mean? It's Dude, you know, I, no almost, I almost kissed Paris Hilton one time. Yeah, no, this is a true story. I'm in LA. Uh, I, was, I was publishing Josh Altman at the time and I'm in LA. It's, it's Halloween. We go to uh, yeah, uh, Craig's restaurant or yeah, something. And then Craig's we go to LA. this other place and it was like, there was a party going on and I'm in a suit. I'm not in an outfit, but me and the two guys I'm with are in freaking business suits. And we're like, well, let's go to this party. And everybody's in costume. Okay. So we go. And of course we get the, at the table and the bottles and we're hanging out. We're in this little private area. And um, all of a sudden I look up and there's Paris Hilton next to me. And she's just having a great time, just partying or whatnot. And there's, but, and there's all these other guys with her and people with her, but they're wearing masks. And I had no idea. And we're raging. We had the greatest time all night long. She's like, you know, I, I, in my mind, we're, we're flirting. She's hanging out. 
I'm married at the time, so I wasn't thinking anything, but I thought it was funny that Paris Hilton's, you know, having a good time next to me. And she was saying all this nice stuff to my friend about me and just, you know, whatever. Yeah. And we took this picture and it looks like she's kind of giving me the googly eyes. So I run with that story. Like, oh, she almost, <laughs> she, I know she wanted to kiss. I didn't realize the guy next to her in the mask was Snoop Dogg. Oh, wow. All night long, we're partying with Snoop and Paris in this random ass party on Halloween. There was a bunch of famous people that were all wearing masks. Yeah, that's cool. I know. That would have been fun. It would have been great. <laughs> it would have been great if I actually closed that deal. But um, anyways, uh, <laughs> slight derail story. Uh, okay, so so now you're playing catch up. You're, you're learning how to run a real business at yeah. this point. No, at that point, I'm now dealing with chargebacks, returns, angry customers. So I had to face the music. I emailed everyone who ordered. And I was like, well, we never expected this demand. You know, we're going to try and get your orders out on time for Christmas. And it was like, my first experience being like on a TV show and then talking to customers, right? They're like, oh, we saw you on TV. Da, 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 da. And I had this like realization, like these people know who I am. I mean, I didn't have Facebook or Instagram yet. So I'm like, well, this is crazy. Like I have this connection with these customers and they're all helping us create this impact. So immediately I was like, let's add value to these customers. Like, let's take care of these people. And that was probably the biggest learning experience for me early on was like, just face the problem head on, tell the truth, be completely transparent, let these people know we had no idea what was going to happen, but this is how much impact we're creating together. And we're about to donate six figures to charity based off this idea. And you guys were all part of it, right? So it was- So it diffused the situation a little bit because it was a story. Yeah, it was. And it, it was bigger than the money. It was bigger than you. Yeah. It was bigger than a watch. And to this day, you know, we'll bring out a specific watch yeah. from the past or like a cause and it will sell out right away. And um, you know, some people will be like, oh, we never got this watch and I'll bring it back and I'll have to do like, you know, whatever I have to do pre-orders for them to be able to get the, the watch. And it causes all this different like logistical problems, right? When you're collecting people's money and then shipping out later, you have to, you can't actually charge their card until it comes. So mm -hmm. I started learning all these new rules in e-commerce, you know, of like, how do you actually sell someone a product that you don't even have? And then we started doing pre-sales and we did pre-sales with big companies like, Disney, Star Wars, you know, and we would sell out collections before they even landed. So I learned that unique thing. So um, what happens if you pre-sell? Do you, do you, you don't get the money? No, you charge their card when you ship. So there's, so it's, it's just like you, you're holding on to their card, but you, you authorize it and then you capture the payment after it arrives. When you're ordering a big order of like, let's say you're ordering, I don't know, what's a, what's a big order of flex? 10,000 units. Okay, I'm going to order 10,000 units. Is it all of a bunch of different colors or is it 10,000 in one color? Yeah, my minimum is only 500. So like typically the best selling colors I get the most of, right? I'll get a few thousand black, a few thousand white, and then fill in the colors. Got it. So colors. now you're going to order this giant 10,000 unit order. Um, Are they giving you like... um? like a, a runway to, to get them and sell them? Or do you have to prepay for all 10,000? In the beginning, I didn't have terms, but I had collected money because we didn't do pre-sales. We just collected money. So I had cash to buy the first order from the customers. They just, they just had to wait. Yeah, they just had to wait. Yeah. Um, and then eventually I started getting terms where I like put a small deposit down. I get net 30, then net 60, you know, and I've stretched that out. And obviously we're ordering more volume now. So, you know, work on pricing and all that stuff. But yeah, logistically, it was hard to figure out. Like, what colors do we order? How many bands? How many faces? How many cases? You know, like, what combos should we make before they get to the warehouse? Because then if they don't have that combo, then you have to pay someone to, like, take it apart, pick it, pack it, yeah. pay another $2 cost, for that shipment, cost right? Goes up. Yeah, so it was just learning, like, logistics. And that's never actually been my strong suit. Um, my older brother, who works with me, is, like, 
operations logistics guy. And what does your team look like? Um, I'm like the marketing guy, right? So I'm like the face of the business. And then underneath me, I have a media buyer, email marketing, social media, and then they all have like contractors and people that they use. And then my brother's operations and he's overseeing like the factory, the warehouse and the fulfillment, which that's where the majority of people are, right? On the manufacturing and fulfillment side. What kind of, I mean, just out of every watch you buy, how much goes to charity? 10%. 10% right away. Yeah, cool. And are there good profit margins in flex watches? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Like, because eventually you end up on the profit. Yes. Okay. So what was the distance between the MTV real world stuff and then going on another show? I finished my deal with Viacom in 2013. And from being on TV, we got a lot of traffic. And I was trying to figure out ways to get traffic. And that was when YouTube started getting really popular. You know, Um, it was like pre-Instagram creators like Logan Paul and other music artists started putting out their own videos. So I started working with influencers. I did like giveaways with Logan Paul and I ended up partnering with Tyga, the hip hop artist. And we work together. I do some licensing deals with him and we integrate flex watches into music videos like with him and Justin Bieber and a couple other artists. Okay. So I'm driving traffic from YouTube to my website, essentially. And during that time, I was trying to figure out, like, how can we make this consistent? Like, once someone sees your YouTube video, you know what I mean? How can you then capture that email or capture that data and remarket and retarget? And that was the beginning for me of, like, learning Facebook ads and learning email marketing of, like, putting these customers into a segment or a list and then remarketing them. And once we started collecting that information, I was like, okay, we need top of funnel. We need awareness. We need to get to that next level. And I was doing the influencer thing in LA and it started getting saturated. And then the algorithms start changing and it's starting to get expensive and more competitive. So I'm thinking like, how can I level up? Like what TV show could I go on? Who could I work with that could literally help me from an infrastructure standpoint to take me to that next level? And I'm sitting in my place in Hollywood one day and I turn on the TV and Marcus Lemonis, the prophet, pops up. He's like, you know, are you a struggling entrepreneur who wants to take their life to the next level? I'm Marcus Lemonis, a billionaire from CEO of Camping World, and I invest in small businesses. I literally saw that, said apply here. I went to the website, applied, tweeted him. I was like, yo, this could be awesome. Fast forward, I ended up getting an interview with the production um, and they liked us. They wanted to come out and check out the facility and, and shoot. And that day, Marcus came and we shot the show. And that night, he wrote me a check for 400 grand. And a couple of weeks later, he bought the business. And we started <laughs> a, we started what? a portfolio of businesses together. So wow. it was just this really fast paced. Like I met the guy that morning. He wrote me a check that night. Two weeks later, I'm getting an office in downtown and becoming the president of the Marcus Lemonis Creative Group and hiring an e-commerce team to launch a dozen brands. And that's why I continued to stay on the show is because I helped other entrepreneurs get their websites and their brands ready for TV and then help them capture those emails and remarket to people. So it was like an element of what I was doing already. And I had had years of experience in like getting a lot of traffic at once, like just a mm-hmm. sh- shot of traffic. Right. And so when I told Marcus, I was like, the night we air, I want to do six figures. I'm going to, you know, capture all these emails. We should do a giveaway and all this stuff. And he's like, okay, but it worked. And then when it worked, he's like, you should try this with my shoe company. And I took the shoe company from half a million to 2 million the first year. He's like, we should launch more brands. So we grew the shoe company from 2 million to 4 million, 4 million to 6 million and started building the team. 
And in that process, we started helping the other people on the show with e-commerce. And so it was a natural progression for me, but I learned how to, you know, run a portfolio, not just my company. I learned how to like share resources across multiple businesses, you know, utilize the production of the TV show to drive marketing dollars, work with the network to do content and advertising, all that stuff, right? So I had a lot of experience with this dude who owns Marcus, who owns 200 businesses, basically being like, you tell me what to do. You know what I mean? It's like, this is your thing. So we we built that business, that portfolio. Um, it was a really great experience for me being on TV. And then when the pandemic started, we decided to shut down the office, which was essentially where we filmed. It was like a showroom of all the products were displayed strategically in all the shots, right? Because of my background, mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that office was very filmable per se, like a production, you know? Um, so we decided to just kind of part ways in a very amicable way. He sold me the business back. And so Marcus shut down the office and stopped filming the TV show. We remained friends and I bought back the business. So to this day, I own Flex Watches. It's now 13 years old and it's been on all these different TV shows and I've been attached to it. So it's for me, it's not like, you know, move on. It's kind of like, let's keep this thing alive, you know, and use this brand that we've built as a platform to do other things, you know? I really like Marcus. I actually met him through you because you, you, you're were a member or are a member of our masterminds. And uh, um, our first one, we we brought Marcus out. And I remember watching him speak, just thinking, wow, this guy is really bright. And then uh, I got an opportunity to have him on some of our online stuff. And um, I was hosting it. And I we, watched the interview. We were just hanging out, talking and all that, man. It was, it was just so great to hear him. I'm sure you've learned a lot of cool lessons just being in, around a guy like that that's playing the game at such a high level. What are some things that like really resonated with you besides obviously all the stuff you learned actually running businesses and trying to figure it all out. Yeah. I mean, it's for me, it's, he's got that people product process thing, you know, and I'm a people person, but the process was what I didn't have, like from designing and manufacturing watches to the whole e-commerce strategy and funnel marketing. Right. I knew how to do it, but I hadn't documented the process. I hadn't created SOPs. I hadn't delegated that. I hadn't hired people to do that stuff before. And then I, also hadn't ever shared those people across multiple brands. It was like, this person does my email. That's what they do, right? And so now it's like, this person does five people's emails. So now we have to have a process for copywriting, for designing, for our client approvals, for sending, for scheduling, you know? And so I learned how to run multiple businesses at once with a very lean team, like uh, 12 people or less doing, you know, over 10 million, right? Yeah, that's crazy. So now I'm like, okay, what? have I learned, like when I sit here with you and like think back, like it was really how to make systems and processes. And once you can do that, then you like, you know, you can automate and delegate. And I, I had that problem still do where I'm very in the business. You know, I like to work on the business or in the business inside of it instead of on it, like people say, right? Yeah. Um, so removing myself from these businesses, like Marcus was able to do, uh, was something I learned. And I, I'm now applying with like the Trav brand and and like using that to attach it to whether it's the restaurant or the real estate or the watch company or the NFTs or, you know, just myself. Now I have this brand that I've built by being on these TV shows with people like Marcus. And I've got to watch how they use their personal brand, like not just build it, but like, hey, how do you attach Marcus Limonis to a cookie company? How do you attach Marcus Limonis to a watch company? How do you attach Marcus Limonis to an HGTV home flipping show, right? 
And now I've seen it. It's like, okay, this is how you do it. You know, you build your brand, you have your core. And then when you attach that persona to these businesses or these companies, like they get that core functionality or like reputation that you have attached to it. Right. I'm telling you, building a personal brand is so vitally important and, and being famous and being on TV and working with those celebrities can boost your business so much. Those celebrity endorsements, I've now done it three or four times. First one I ever did was Barbara Corcoran. Yeah, that was massive for me. Massive. And it's funny because um, I was sitting there, it was 2012. And I was, I had just worked for months and months building this course called the Fast Track Profit System. And it was the greatest home study course ever. And this is the birth of online education. So I had, I hired, you know, recording cameras, recording people, editing, all this stuff. We recorded this amazing training called the Fast Track. It was 30 hours of content, you know, quizzes, uh, uh, flashcards, workbooks, all this. It, it felt like school. Like no, it was, it was I was epic. very proud of it, man. Yeah, you should be still but, to this But day. I'm like, okay, I have a problem. I need to sell this thing and I need to get this out into the hands of everybody because I knew it was better than anything else out there. And, uh, but I didn't know I wanted to get a celebrity to do this webinar with me and webinars were new back then. So this was like a new concept and I wanted to get a celebrity and I was like, who's a real estate mogul? The only one I can think of is Donald Trump. And I'm like, there's no freaking way I'm going to like cold call Donald Trump and be like pitching him like, Hey dude. And I, he had already been speaking on stages on like these real estate expos and stuff. So he was way too big, way too famous. And I was really struggling. I couldn't think of another real estate mogul. And that night, Shark Tank came on. It was like maybe season one or something like that. And it's like real estate mogul, Barbara Corcoran sells her business and now is helping. She's a shark. And I'm like, I'm watching it. And it was like this light bulb went off. And I'm like, my God, she is amazing. Like, how do I not know who this person is? So I started doing research on who Barbara was, but I didn't know her. You know, she's out of New York. So I literally, and I think the reason I'm telling this story is I want people to think about this. When I hear you tell your story, you just figured it out. There was no blueprint or roadmap. Like you just, some, you, you saw a lights and a boom mic and a camera and you're like, I'm going to insert my product into this world and see what happens. And you have the courage to go and show off your product that you're proud of. And you leaned in with the story and you got yourself in there. And then all of a sudden, one day turned to 40 days, turned to licensing deals. And now you're off doing the profit and all this other crazy stuff. But it would never happen if you wouldn't have taken that watch off your wrist and said, here, guys, check this out when you saw the opportunity. I didn't have a connection with Barbara, but I went to Google and I Googled Barbara Corcoran's phone number and it came up. Wow. That's how simple it can be sometimes. I have a very eerily similar story I want to share with you. In 2013, I was trying to get into licensing. I was partners with Tyga. And I looked at the licensing expo and I thought, who do I know that does licensing? And on comes the Shark Tank and Damon John. He's the licensing guy. So I look him up and it ends up he's at he's doing a, an event at the licensing expo. So I'm like, oh, Damon John's going to be there. I got to meet him. Ding, 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 ding. Let's go. First day walking the floor, some lady walks up to us and says, oh, these watches are really cool. Have you ever done licensing? I'm like, actually, yeah, we do licensing customize the face. She's like, my name is Faith Pagewell. I'm the head of licensing for Shark Branding. I work with Damon John. He would love this. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, this is like- Clouds part, sun comes out. Literally oh. the weekend, right? I'm like, I got to meet Damon. She's like, this he's, is brilliant. She, he's here. 
So she introduces me to Damon. He's like, can you come to New York on Monday? So we're in Vegas. I was like, Friday. Yes, let's go. Yes, we can. Yes, of course. So we booked our flights from Vegas. We went to New York. We got there a day early. Saw Justin Timberlake and Jay-Z in the Yankee Stadium. Epic. Just like, let's go do something. Show up at 8 a.m. The Empire State Building. Go up to the, I think it's the 65th floor of the FUBU offices. Sit down with Damon for an hour and tell him why he needs a watch in his portfolio. And I left there with an introduction to WWE, who I still work with, and Hot Topic, who we sold watches to. And during the first few seasons of the um, Shark Tank, I got to go on set and Damon wore flex watches. So we made him his own mogul watches. So during those Dude, seasons two, three, and four, I did a product integration with Shark Tank and Mar- and uh, not Marcus, but Damon wore my watches. Yeah. So he mentored me for a year and he just showed me how to do licensing like the right way. And that's when, I, after that, I went on and was working with Marcus. So I was like, yo, we can get Minions. We can get Star Wars. He's you, like, let's you saw do the it. Path. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I learned from Damon and then I went to work with Marcus. Yeah, and he's a I goat. left that part of the story out. But like, if there's a licensing person, like you said, Barbara was the real estate person and you saw her on TV. I was like, this is a licensing dude. And I used to wear FUBU. How do I get in contact? And I literally saw that he was going to the show and I booked my tickets to the show and like randomly walked into his licensing dude, this person. is brilliant. Dude, we are so <laughs> similar. It's and I, I think this is great because you have to just freaking hustle. Nobody's going to roll out the red carpet for you. Just find a creative way in to the game. Even if you got to sneak in the side door, like just get 100%. your ass in the game. Because I Googled her phone number and I called thinking it was going to be disconnected or not working. And uh, a lady answered and she she said, uh, you know, Corcoran Enterprises or whatever it was called or Corcoran Group. And uh, I said, hi, my name's Cody. Can I speak with Barbara? And she goes, well, I'm Barbara's executive assistant. She's not available right now. Can I take a message? And I said, well, is she, is she just busy? Like, is she physically in the room with you or building with you? And she goes, yeah, she's in her office. And I said, okay, how about this? I said, you walk into Barbara's office. And I made this up on the fly, by the way. I had no plan because I didn't think yeah, it'd how answer. How can you plan? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I literally, on the fly, I come up with this pitch, right? And my pitch was, I need you to walk into Barbara's office and tell her, my name is Cody Sperber. I run a real estate education company and I want to pay her more money per minute than she's ever earned in her life. So many of our listeners reach out and they ask us how they can get involved in my actual real estate deals. Our investment firm specializes in finding deeply discounted properties, acquiring them, renovating, stabilizing both single family and multifamily properties all over the United States. That's why we're so excited to share with you clevercapitalfund.com. Now, if you have some investment capital and you want to deploy it and receive double digit returns back by real estate, then visit our website and see which fund is right for you. We have both equity funds and we have debt funds where you just get paid out every month like clockwork. All you got to do is visit www.clevercapitalfund.com today to learn more. I just stopped talking and I'm like waiting, waiting, waiting. And all of a sudden the lady goes, what do you mean? What do you mean? You're going to pay her more money. I said, just walk into her office and politely interrupt her and just say, I got this crazy guy on the phone that wants to pay you more money per minute than you've ever earned in your life. Five minutes later, Barbara gets on the phone. I hear you want to pay me more money than I've ever earned in my life. She, you know, I just sold my company and made like 60 million or $80 million, some ridiculous number. And I said, yeah, yeah, I know that. I, 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 I want you, I want to hire you. I want to pay you $1,000 a minute. And I want you, you don't have to endorse anything. You don't have to pitch anything. You're not associated with any. I just, I want to hold a training webinar. 
I have this new product that I want to come out with called the Fast Track Profit System. And I, all I want to do is a training class. It's like an online training class called a webinar. She had never heard of a webinar, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's called a webinar. And you're just going to do an introduction. You don't have to introduce the product. You're going to introduce me as another real estate expert. And I just need that celebrity endorsement. And she goes, well, I don't really consider myself a celebrity, but if you're serious about this, the only day I have available is tomorrow. I literally said, I'm getting on a plane right now. I'm going straight to the airport. I grabbed a suit. I grabbed a microphone. I grabbed my laptop and I told her, I'm going to send you my script. I'm going to write it on the plane and send you the script for approval. When I get to your office tomorrow morning, we're going to record it because it was the only day like in months she had available. I didn't think about it. I didn't analyze. I didn't overprepare. I didn't second guess myself. I was just like, we're going. I show up in New York by myself the next day, hadn't been to New York, and find my way to Barbara's office. We spend the entire day together. She records an intro. I'm thinking in my head, this lady has no idea what I'm about to go do with this celebrity introduction. And she was so kind and just amazing human being. And I'm walking out. We spent all, I was only supposed to be there for like an hour. We spent all day together. Like we just broed out. And I'm walking out and she goes, hey, hey, Cody, come back here real quick. And she hands me her Shark Tales book, Barbara Corcoran Shark Tales. And she goes, I wrote something in here for you, but don't open it until you get on the plane. She hands me the book and I stick it in my backpack and I rush to the airport and I'm sitting on the plane. I'm like, oh, she got me that I forgot. I got to read what she wrote. So I open up the cover of this book and in it, it says, December 2012 to Cody Sperber, the, the future cleverest investor. You are a marketing extraordinaire. You have an uncanny ability to get $10 worth of marketing for just a buck. I have a feeling you're going to be huge someday. Best of luck. She knew. She knew. She fucking knew. She fucking knew. For three, so three years, I ran that webinar. This is right <laughs> when I've Facebook seen, advertised. I've seen it. You've seen it. Everybody saw it. <laughs> And all I had her do, because the price point in the webinar, it was a $1,000 training. So in her so conversation, that her, this is the story. her script said, I invested $1,000 and went and built a real estate empire. And that's true. And, I, that's, and it just worked out that my product cost $1,000. And her story is she borrowed $1,000 from her boyfriend at the time and started her real estate business and then went off to sell it for tens of millions of dollars. And she tells her story. And then at the end of it, she says, this is Cody Sperber. He's a marketing genius. He's this, he's that, he's an expert. And you're in for a real treat because he's about to train you on how to be a real estate expert. And that, and my deal with her, it was almost like a, there was a contract and it was like almost like a licensing deal, like a pre-licensing deal. There wasn't any more money I owed her. And I did cut her a check for like $8,000. So I only needed her for eight minutes. So the pitch worked. I went and spent $4 million a year for the next three years running Facebook's ad to it, scaled my business up to $20 million per year, made a fortune. You spent more money on Facebook ads than anyone I knew at the time. We were killing you, it. You were literally printing. I remember Fleshman telling me about this. He's like, there's this guy, Cody. He's got this real estate course. He's just killing it. I'm coming out with my personal branding course. I remember looking at your stuff, it your landing page. So, it was just magic, man. And three years later, I get a call and Barbara's like, Cody, listen, I don't know what the hell you're doing, but you got to take that down <laughs> because I literally have random ass strangers every day of every week. You're spending so much money on advertising. You're doing too good of a job that I literally have people coming to my office nonstop asking about your fast track profit system. People calling, 
her nonstop. Hey, I need customer support yeah, help. And she's like, like, she was a partner on it. Oh, you, oh, you did that oh, very we well. framed it so good. And I said, Barbara, I love you so much. You have no idea. You changed my freaking life. That it, from the education side of things, it moved the needle. That celebrity endorsement moved the needle than any more than anything else. Like I said, we went off to do, you know. Yeah, I, I think I think people don't understand the value of the right celebrity that has the right demographic and audience, right? Versus like just paying for an influencer. If you can find the right person, the right celebrity to align with you, it, it changed your life. Who doesn't love Barbara Corcoran? Yeah. So I mean, of course I took it down and we 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 stopped the nonsense, but I, I'll never forget it. There, there will be a day. I reunite with Barbara because you have to. I owe her a ton, man. She that was a, that you was have an to epic have moment. Her speak. But yeah, one hundred percent. I want her on this podcast. But then it turned me on to celebrity licensing, and I went and licensed Josh Altman. Was my next move. I was watching for somebody to hit the airwaves that was had the it factor. I'm flipping through channels, million dollar listing, Los Angeles. I'm watching them all of them. I'm like, because in New York, Frederick. Uckland or whatever yeah. his name is, he was the star. To me, he was the the rainmaker. He was dynamic and weird and different. And he totally. took he he stole the energy out of every room he went in. And I'm like, well, that's New York. That's pretty far away. I already did Barbara. Like, who's from LA? And Josh was the star of that show. And um, I literally cold called Josh and did the same thing over. But this time I did a real licensing that's deal. So I did a five-year licensing deal with him where I own the rights to his likeness, image, brand, everything. Hired attorneys, drafted the contract, and did a real licensing deal. And it worked out Yeah, his stuff has looked really good for years. I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, I, I wrote every word that came out of Josh's mouth. That was everything. Was wow. me product, producing behind the scenes to build this image and this brand that Josh Altman was a real estate investing expert. It's unbelievable. And it worked. I mean, he is an expert, but like, yeah. it, like I mean, if, but you look how, if you're look a celebrity. How he's built his personal brand through TV and social media and attached it to his agency. And now look, as him and his brother in LA, I mean, they're killing it. Killing it. And dude, that deal with Josh, I made tens of millions of dollars. Josh made millions. I made tens of millions. Like everything worked out and it was fantastic. And I couldn't be more grateful to him too. Because he, any celebrity that allows an entrepreneur to attach their business to, to them. them. It's a risk. Yeah. And they know that they're helping you. I think that's when I look back, I'm like, damn, Tyga, Bieber, Damon, John, Joey Carson from the production company of the real world. You know what I mean? Marcus Limonis, like these guys have put me on and they didn't have to. Yeah. And these days people are like, you know, I want to get you on an interview or a podcast or whatever. Like, it's tough to do because you don't want to align that brand that you've built with a bunch of random people. Yep. But then you meet people like yourself who have done it too. And you're like, yeah, this is perfect. This is great alignment. Um, and it's just, it's a learning experience, bro. Like no one will know until they try. You know what I mean? And you won't learn until you fail. So if like your fear is failing, then you better start failing quick so that you get over that because that's part of business. You know what I mean? 100%. And being vulnerable and putting yourself out there, calling Barbara, call, calling Altman, like it is literally reminding me of myself being like going and casting for these TV shows. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just got to be scrappy. You got to be super scrappy. And you, it, like I said, nobody's going to just roll out the red carpet. It, yeah. it's, it, and, and there's been times where I did license somebody and it didn't work. And I did a tremendous amount of work behind it, but this, they were maybe on one, one, they just completed season one of their reality show and they For were sure. working on you season were two, too early. but it wasn't hot enough yet. Mm -hmm. You know, and even though the, and this is another thing I learned through that process, especially when it comes to online education. If you spend months and months and months building the course, 
but you don't even know if people want to buy the course. You're actually working backwards. Now, what I do is I build the marketing and the hook and I sell it and then I build it. I'm, I normally don't build it ahead of time anymore because if, you know, it's kind of like the field of dreams. Just because you build it doesn't mean anybody's coming. For sure. You got to find that. it's a good that. strategy that you have because you know what your audience wants. And if they're paying money and pulling out their credit cards, then you'll make the course. You'll go make the course. And it's actually better. I think nowadays people are sick of courses. They're sick of like school. They don't want anything to do with it, but they love a 12-week experience. If like, hey, we're going to meet twice a week on Zoom for 12 weeks in a row and, and you're going to watch me create the course. We're going to do it together. I'm going to record it, but I'm going to train live for the next 12 weeks. People love that. Yeah, it's a good idea. Especially if at the end of it, it's like, hey, you're going to come to a live event at my office and we bro out. That's so okay. cool that you have an event space here. <laughs> this compound is so sick. <laughs> Dude, get into commercial real estate. Right, let's talk about real estate. Yeah, let's so do now it. you're you 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 uh you take this journey, you're you're still doing the flex watch thing. You eventually we meet because uh, Marcus uh, and the whole thing. Yeah, and Dan Fleischman, big homie Dan. Yeah. God, that guy's so freaking connected. Super connector, huh? Yeah, and his pod, I'm really proud of him and his podcast, Money Mondays. If you guys want a good podcast, go check out, check out the Money Mondays with Dan Fleischman. He's got a lot of great guests. Um, travels around in a motorhome and does interviews. <laughs> so sick. I think it's great. Uh, uh, but uh, you know, you, you joined Hundred Mill and uh, eventually Avengers, and it kind of planted the real estate seed in you. And now you're doing some really cool stuff in the Airbnb space, the vacation rental space. Talk about what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, like you said, things have evolved. So when the pandemic started, I bought back Flex watches. I moved out of LA and I moved to Orange County. And my roots are in San Diego. So I have a lot of friends down there. And uh, me and a couple of friends were talking about investing in real estate, like what's going to happen with the economy, you know, everything, everyone is scared, right? It's like early 2020 and we don't know what's about to happen with the pandemic. So we start thinking about like how we can diversify the businesses. Like I'm thinking maybe people aren't going to need to buy watches. Like what else can I do? And we have this idea to get an Airbnb. And my mind immediately goes to, well, I was on the real world and we integrated products and brands to create content. And we all know that influencers love to create content in these Airbnbs and these houses. Like, what if we created a concept where we brought brands into the Airbnb so that people could come experience the brands, but do it strategically so there's like activations and integrations of different products in the house. So that was our initial idea. And we started looking for real estate. And my partner actually found uh, a historic building that is a restaurant, but has a two-bedroom apartment upstairs. So it's literally a bed and breakfast, right? So we have this concept for our property tech company called Experientials, where we're going to bring brands into Airbnbs. And the first property we got was actually that uh, historic building. And we turned it into a restaurant called Palmy's. So Palmy's ends up winning Restaurant of the Year in San Diego. We built a little marketplace downstairs with all the products and brands. And we built a two-bedroom upstairs that has integrations from the different products and brands. So we create this like really cool, unique experience for people to come eat at a restaurant and stay at an Airbnb. Well, when we were building this, it was during the pandemic, right? So like no one wanted to touch restaurants and no one was doing real estate deals. We're like, wow, there's all this opportunity. Like, I feel like this is going to pass like eventually, right? So we got to make some moves now. And we found a house that was very close in Pacific Beach, about half a block from the water. Um, it's close to the restaurant. 
And we decided, let's buy this house. Let's put brands and products in it, turn it into kind of a showroom and start airbnb it. So concept, idea, we buy the house, we start filling it up, and then it starts renting right away on Airbnb. We're like, whoa, this thing rents. Like People want to stay in San Diego. It's a desirable location. Everyone's trying to get out and travel because the pandemic. They want to go to places like SD where you can go outside and not wear masks, right? So San Diego is really friendly for that during the pandemic. And they allowed people to just go into, you know, not wear masks and be like kind of somewhat normal down there, you know? So we open this Airbnb, we start renting it out, people are traveling there. And then we start seeing that they're experiencing the products and they're starting to tag the brands. And we're like, dude, this is a concept that we can scale. So about six months into that, we start looking for more places and we find a place in Scottsdale. Um, we were able to make some money on the appreciation of the first place. We put that money into the second place and we started building that out. And during the process, we're like, hey, let's design this so there's activations. Like, let's sell the laundry room. Let's sell the living room. Let's sell the front yard, the backyard. And we ended up doing outreach to brands. I did it myself, literally on Instagram, right? I was just DMing brands like, hey, I have this high-end Airbnb concept. We're bringing brands into the home. I was on the show called The Real World. This is my Instagram. I can make UGC content for you. And me and my friends will, you know, send you the content. Basically how it starts, right? Yeah. Fast forward to now, um, we're on year three and we have three properties and we have 30 brand partners and we've integrated and activated all these different brands from, you know, gyms to furniture, everything like the bed, the bed frame, the pillows, the blankets, it's all different brands, you know? So we were like, okay, now you're experiencing these brands. How can we create a platform where once you're in the house, you can shop for these brands, right? So we create like a QR program, which turns into an NFC chip, where now in you're in the house, you can open the fridge and scan a chip and then opens up a landing page with that specific beverage with information about it and affiliate links back to their site to buy it. So we created this idea where you can bring brands into home so people can experience the brands, but then they can actually shop for the brands in real time, which really hasn't been done. Like we were on the real world and you could see flex watches, but then you had to go to flexwatches.com. It wasn't integrated as part of like the actual experience, right? Um, so we really see an opportunity now of expansion of like Airbnb hosts all want brands. They all want, you know, LG TVs or nice furniture in a living room. And they certainly want it for free, right? So if I can save a host money on their furniture and I can activate a brand, now I'm helping two people because I'm bringing brands into the Airbnbs and I'm helping the hosts get better furniture, which means they can charge more money. You know, they have a better experience for their guests. And that was big for us. So we're like, okay, if we're going to do that, we really have to build out the booking engine side so that when someone books, we can customize their experience, right? If you book on Airbnb, it's just like, here's your link and, you know, here's how you get in the house and here's the terms and conditions. We wanted to be like, okay, I want an exotic car. I want a private chef. I want a masseuse. I want to book a dinner. I want to go on a Jeep tour. I want to go golfing, right? So we created all these activities so that you could experience the place. And we went out to local vendors to set that up. So now when you book through our platform, not through Airbnb or VRBO, you actually get to choose add-ons and things that you want. This is brilliant. To the state. You you pitched me on this about two or three years ago, right when you were formulating it. Mm -hmm. And I remember you you pitched me and I was instantly in. I was like, this is freaking brilliant. Like, I love this concept. I'm so glad you actually went and did it. You know, because imagine this concept of like, hey, I'm I'm sleeping on a purple mattress. 
my mattress sucks. I scan a QR code. By the time I actually get home, the purple mattress is at my house. I'm using this silverware. I love these towels. Like I've never had a towel soak up the water the way this, boom, next thing you know, you're able to shop all just by experiencing the Airbnb that you were going to stay in anyway. And as an Airbnb owner, to be able to get free mattresses, free bed frames, free linens, free silverware, free TVs, whatever that is. And then you took it even to the next level of like, okay, we proved the model out with our properties. Now, how do I somehow be the connector between brands and other people's Airbnbs? Now you're thinking really big because that's really scalable. Holy Mm -hmm. shit, that's scalable. Because you don't have to own the house. No. And you get to make a rip on all of these potential transactions that could be happening, or I don't know what the financial model is, but- that's it. Okay, yeah, you're making a rip. Everybody's winning in the the deal, right? And and at some point, you're going to become actually powerful with the brands. Like, you're going to be able to cut really freaking good deals and get really big brands and get everybody on board. Yeah, and look, I mean, some of the big brands get it now. Like, we have a a fitness partner. It's a billion-dollar brand providing the equipment, right? And like, for that instance- people are experiencing these products in this home, like you said, that they probably wouldn't have tried another person's home gym setup. Like, when are you going to go to someone else's home gym and do a workout? And then you're like, oh, whoa, I could turn my garage into a home gym like this, or I could get a golf simulator like this, right? So it really, it opens up people's minds. And the thing that's really interesting for me, like, as you said, for the expansion is you can hit up a hundred hosts, you can hit up a thousand hosts in desirable areas. If you hit them up and say, hey, we're running a campaign with this brand, would you like a free TV? They're probably going to say yes. And then from there, you could go to these brands and be like, hey, we'll charge you a couple hundred dollars per activation and we'll install your brand new product or whether it's a TV, a couch, whatever, in these homes. Charge them a hundred bucks. You have a thousand homes. That's one brand. You could have 50 brands, right? So at scale, it's it's very powerful because, you know, some people pay us 500 a month to activate a specific room, right? They just want their stuff, um, their branding, their neon sign. They're not just donating. Samples. They're not just donating the stuff. They're actually paying you to install their stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's we have brilliant. monthly activation fees. Like you can integrate your products and send us the stuff. And so our guests can try it and shop it. But if you want to walk into the laundry room and have your logo and say laundry is sexy with your laundry pods hanging from the tree with sample kits like laundry sauce did, yeah, that's an activation. Um, so for them, it's like a showroom. It's like come experience. Yeah. This brand. And now you got potential influencers creating content around it. It's going, it's going out there, tons of advertising. People don't understand. Like I had, I've had a bunch of clips go viral from this podcast. This podcast has been such a great experience for me so far. And I'm really grateful that you came on. It just it's forcing me to have conversations like this, which is obviously I'm learning a ton through this process. Then I can take all this content, syndicate it out. You never know what's going to go viral. But I'm telling you, one or two viral clips lifts everything else that you're doing. I'm getting uh, 25 to 30,000 new followers a month coming to my Instagram right now just from my one minute clips. You know, and I guarantee one or two of our clips that we do from this podcast will contribute to that because it'll push out. We'll get, you know, where else can you go where you get? I put out a post yesterday, I got 400,000 views. It's like, wow, this is crazy that this is happening. The Kiyosaki clips over 5 million now. I got another one over a million just from two of his eight clips. And every other clip got hundreds of thousands. So it's like, it's, the brands get it. The ones that get it, they really get it. They're like, wow, one post can get me 5 million views. It would cost me a fortune to do that on TV. Yeah, I mean, dude, you just hit it on the head because I have influencers like my buddy Charlie stays at the houses, right? And he'll 
tag us and stuff and tag the brands. If someone with millions of followers is staying at the house and tagging the brands, they're all over it. They're going to get UGC content. They're going to want to send you more product. And if influencers are staying at houses for free and getting to travel for free and all they have to do is post, they're all over it. Yeah. So it's like now, even in Scottsdale, like tonight, I have creators coming over to my house to shoot content because I have such a nice looking house that they want to create content in it. But they're literally shooting in a living room with a Lazoni couch and a bedroom with, you know, Thuma or, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's so brilliant, like, dude. They're getting the content. Has but, anybody told you you're a freaking smart guy, Trav? I mean, What's going all, on over here? It all happened organically, honestly. Like, my business partners are like, let's do the Airbnb thing. Like, you know, and I'm like, okay, real world brand content. Like, how do I use this for myself? And then once I started thinking about that, like, the add-ons get crazy because I landed here. I want an exotic car. From here, from the podcast, I'm going to go get an exotic car from the car dealership, right? And then I'm going to go to my house and shoot content with some videographers, my friend Jesus and his company. So now I get the opportunity to create Dude. content for the car company, for myself, for my house. And it's like my own Instagram. So I realized that if I want to do this, so do all the other people. And like, where can you book an Airbnb and be like, yeah, I want a car. I want a photographer. I want a chef. This is what we're doing tonight. Cool. Done. Right? Yeah. So I just think like that in and of itself is an idea that will be copied and it can be scaled. You know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know. Well, I like the name experientials. Thank you. Crushed it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was part of the brainstorming with Adlin partner. Shout out Zach. Thought of this, bought the domain early on. Zach's the man. Zach's the man. He bought the domain. All right. I'm just proud of you for getting into real estate, owning, owning good assets. You're, you're running. Look, a, a lot of people did accidental Airbnbs or they have one Airbnb and they're like, I'm, you know, I'm going to go do Airbnbs and make a lot of money. That's not necessarily how it works. Airbnbs lose money if you don't theme them out and run them correctly and and have great reviews. Like there's a process to being a professional Airbnb host. I'm just proud of you for buying the real estate, creating unique experiences, then taking it to the next level and saying, how do we make money from the brands? How do we make everybody feel phenomenal going through this experience, want to come back, direct bookings, the whole thing. Like you're nailing it, dude. Thank you, bro. I mean, it's so funny too, because like as it starts, so you go through this process, okay, we got to get a house. Never done that before. And we got an Airbnb, never done that before. We got to schedule a photo shoot. How are we going to brand it? How we want to market it? All those things come to mind. And like, you've never, if you've never done this before, it's brand new. And so I did it in a different, like unique Trav type of way with the brands where I was like, okay, well, once we have this, it's just a venue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how can I use this venue? But my real estate partner, there's like, bro, we're saving so much money on CapEx. You have no idea. Like from an investor standpoint, we're saving yes. fifty to $75,000 on stuff, furniture. Dude, there's not, there's, you know what we Perf had, decks, pools. You know what we did, dude? This is how aggressive we had to get just to even pencil the Airbnbs, especially as rates have gone up and it's gotten more expensive to just buy the real estate and, mm-hmm. and the debt servicing on the real estate. We would go on to for hours, furniture auction websites, trying to buy discounted, nice furniture that wasn't horrible, right? Yeah, and and totally. we didn't have to pay full price because we had to find ways to cut little expenses off of every little thing. For sure. What better way to do it than to get it for free? Or and get paid. And, and get paid and get nice shit. Yeah, real nice. Yeah, that's not, this ain't like yeah, it's high discounted end. crappy you know, furniture. It's like a couple million dollar house. Now yeah. people are paying a thousand a night, which means these people make money. Yeah. You know, they're renting it for a minimum of a few nights. They're spending now here's, here's the next layer. And I, I did this one time when I went, I stayed at the bowl. If you Google um, in Orlando, Florida, there was one cat that did a bunch of these bowling houses. 
where have you ever seen it? I have. He hit TV and all this stuff. Yeah. He, he was a he's a he's a actually a really phenomenal dude. I think he was from like Nigeria or something. I met him. He actually comes That's and introduces cool. himself. But when you first check in, there's a whole bunch of brochures and shit when you first check in. And there's two main paths you can take. Obviously, he shows his other properties and advertises his other things for other experiences that you can have in his other locations. And this one is want to own one with me. And it's a whole private lending, get involved with owning an experiential Airbnb. He does all the work. You put up the dough. And he's smart because a bunch of New Yorkers that have crazy FU money come to Orlando, take their kids and their families. And they're like, I didn't know I can own one of these. I didn't, you know, and, and, and he started buying like four or five, six houses in a row on the same block, turning them all, this one's spaceship themed, this one's pirate themed, this one's whatever themed. And uh, in the way he was able to scale is just get people to stay at his Airbnb that have crazy money and they put up money. They, they, they live the experience and they're like, oh, I want to own one. Funny you say that right next door. Here's the investment. You put up 600 grand. We, we renovate, we theme, we do da, 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 and you'll make your, here's the pro forma. And people are like, no brainer, done, let's go. Genius. And he's scaling his business from some brochures at the entrance. <laughs> That's so smart. maybe think about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest, we've, since doing this, like having to go through the process of getting interior designers, contractors, and building these homes, because we actually bought both these house, houses before they finished construction. We got good deals on them. You know what I mean? So we came in and bought them from the developers before they were finished and finished them ourselves. And we're like, dude, how do you get a house ready for Airbnb, right? That was like a whole thing. Like, how do you get a house ready? Is the, is the home ready? Is the home ready? So we started another company called Ready Homes for people who want to set their homes up for Airbnbs. And we actually- Like a turnkey service? Yeah, but we would partner on them too if investors wanted to have us just take over. So like similar to his model. Yeah. Um, but more along the lines of us not having to put up all the capital to get more houses to do this in, right? Because- I'm talking to larger brands like Fight Camp, you know, and they would do a whole themed house, like a whole Fight Camp house oh, where fighters dope. come stay there and that's they have dope. the whole home gym. So you're thinking I, like a marketer. Yeah, I think, I like it. you know, we have all these brands and it's like, you've seen the Aloe House, you know, in LA, mm -hmm. like they're just doing little areas of the house. What's like the next thing for them is to activate a whole house. And if they don't want to buy the house, then I can find someone else to buy the house and say, hey, do you want to have an iFit house? Yeah. Cool. And we can pair the two, right? As long as you end up owning the real estate, that's all I care about. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely want to build the portfolio. I think now is an interesting time to be buying real estate in general. It's like you just got to find the right deals like we have. But, you know, we locked in really good rates when we first started. And now I'm just kind of waiting to see how things change. That's a, you know, that's a whole nother podcast on, you know, screw, screw, screw going to a bank and trying to borrow money. Just take over somebody's mortgage that's already in existence. Creative finance is the future. Figuring out how to enroll a seller into partnering with you on the program or enroll them into, hey, I'll, I'll buy your house, but I, I want your mortgage to stay in place or find free and clear real estate. There's lots of real estate that's free and clear out there. And just take your vision and find something that, screw going to a bank. It, it won't pencil. It, yeah, doesn't, it doesn't. If you have to refinance or if you have to get, you know, six, seven, eight percent mortgages, it really is tough. Uh, unless you're in just a super hot area that the traffic is just, always booked. Yeah. And creative financing is going to be huge, you know, moving forward for sure. And I think using this business model and being able to showcase that too, to private money, like, Hey, look how much money we're saving. Look how much more we're earning. Right. Cause we're running these things out 20, 100%. 20 days a month for a thousand bucks. I mean, that's already way more return than a normal lease. Right. Um, so just looking at that and then we have to watch the markets and see how things change with 
whatever happens with the economy, you know what I mean? And find the desirable markets. But we do plan to expand um, by buying more real estate. But I want to expand the business by getting more brands and getting more hosts. I love you know it. what I mean? Dude, I'm proud of you, man. Good good stuff. Dude, you shared a lot of really great stuff and people can learn from that journey. And, and hopefully one of the bigger lessons that came out of this podcast is just don't get in your own way. Just, just, just keep figuring it out moving forward and, and trying to find the traffic, trying to find the eyeballs, trying to be creative enough to, that's to such get. A, such a good point, bro. Because that's all you did. You were so scrappy. You were like, how do I find more eyeballs? How do I find more eyeballs? How do I, and everything else kind of fell into play. You figured out the business, you figured out the operations, this customer support, the merchant processing, how to deal with brands, uh, protection and, you know, not having bad reviews online, all that you can figure out over time. But if you can't make sales to begin with, you're dead in the water. You can't even afford to do all that other stuff. Sales are the lifeblood of all these companies, man. I mean, the Airbnb business would be nothing if people don't rent them, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't afford, like you said, you can't afford to just float real estate that sits and carry costs, right? So at, at this juncture of my life too, I'm still learning. And I think I'm always learning. I'm always trying to find new ways, you know, to be creative, to make more money, but give back and like create these, I guess, experiences for people. Like even a product brand or a course or an Airbnb or a restaurant, like I still want them to have that like experience where they feel like they've touched something. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Um, just to kind of end strong, uh, two questions. One, what's what's the most either impactful or your favorite charity that your FlexWatch brand has supported that you were like, wow, like that's the one that really touched me? Autism Society has been really big for us because I didn't realize how many people are affected by autism and you know, like what it does to the families. And I, I got to meet, you know, parents of kids with autism and the families and it, it like affected me in that way where I was like, wow, this is crazy. Um, and also what I'm doing now with Charlie and the Dream Machine, just being able to help one individual person. Like that's also cool to see the impact of like some little girl with cancer, launch a clothing brand and do 50K in sales in one night and feel like a Charlie's superstar. a goat. Dude, that it's, guy's crazy. That stuff's awesome. So yeah. like that, that is like a high, you know what I mean? Like, Whereas working with some of the other organizations, if kids are hungry or people are suffering from something, it's it's tough on you emotionally, right? Whereas like when I go to like the swim meet with autism, like everyone's swimming and having so much fun. Or when I go to Charlie's events, like these people's dreams are coming true, right? So that stuff makes me feel good. Yeah, that's awesome. And I ask every guest kind of this final question just uh, to see kind of how, how you think about things. You know, you've now taken this journey. You've had a lot of success. You still got a lot. Well, a lot of road in front of you, but if you had the ability to go back to your younger self and just give him a little pep talk, right? 13-year-old Trav. Yeah. What would you tell that that kid? I mean, I, I think I say this often, but just to never give up. I mean, there were so many opportunities for me to just give up, you know? From when I heard from Viacom, I had to pay money to be on this TV show that I, I was so excited about, you know? And in every road, every retailer I tried to get into that said no, um, every celebrity I tried to work with, you know, or manager that said no, like I always found a way to make something happen. Um, and if I stopped, it would have never happened. Right. So I think like the whole mind game is that you just can't quit. You know, you just cannot give up. Three feet from gold. Yeah. That's it. You just, you're always one decision away or one person away from that next level. Right. And I've unlocked multiple levels. So I've now seen like, all right, get to this next level, get to this next level. And it's like, you can't stop when you're here. You got to keep going. That's why the road ahead is long for both of us. Because now that we've been exposed to the people like Marcus Limonis, and we've seen that someone just like us can become a billionaire, 
it kind of lights that fire within you're like, hey, I'm equally as cool as this guy. Yeah, you can't unsee it. I can do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So and, and like I went to Marcus's wedding and I met his family. So I'm like, wow, I'm like as close as it gets to someone who's really, really rich. Like, could I do the same? Right. And so it unlocks little things in my mind that makes me think of like what are my full potential, you know, and then just keeps me motivated to not give up. Yeah, I love that. That's great advice. Um, how do people find you? Like uh, uh, social media? Flexwatches.com? Yeah, flexwatches.com, uh, at flexwatches or at Trav, both of those handles on all Yeah, social. go follow him at Trav for sure. You, you, you're always kind of documenting and doing the social thing. Um, and then if people want to get it, maybe stay at one of your Airbnbs, what's, what is it? Theexperientials.com. Experientials. Yep. It's kind of a hard word to experientials. Ah, it's yeah. easy. Yeah, it's not too bad. The experientials. Okay, cool. The experientials.com. And then if they wanted you to set up an Airbnb for them, just go through there and hit uh, let's chat. There's a little blue button. Okay. And it'll cool. go directly to me. I already know people are going to be like, what was, I want to book one of his experiential Airbnbs. And it's probably other Airbnb hosts that want to figure out how to do that for themselves. Cause I guarantee once I heard this, I was like, well, this is what we should do. We should A, get your, what, the snap packs? What? Yeah. What are they? O-Snap. O-Snap. We should get O-Snap in the houses so people can yeah. use them. O-Snap is my network marketing company and my supplement company that we started. Uh, we're now in our second year of business. And they're very tasty. They, yeah. No, they work. They freaking work. Um, I remember snapping that thing in my mouth. I was like, whoa. Yeah. No, they they work. And um uh, you can go to osnap.com if you want to check those out. But yeah, I would love to get our some of our product in there. We're we're just I'm I'm learning the ecom biz through Osnap. You know, we're 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 getting in um, to a bunch of stores and we've been building the display cases and um, we uh, we have a friend that uh, has been doing it in the flashlight space, done hundreds of millions of dollars in the flashlight space. Knows a bunch of manufacturers in China, goes there all the time, and we partnered with him to do the ecom version of oh snap yeah we're, we're really excited for that we've been working on that for see that's like a viral product where people who would stay in the airbnb they'd snap it the way you take it yeah. and they'd be like oh my god this is so cool and they would make content yeah let's go you know what i mean i love it um and, and then also too man i mean as we expand i'll come to you with questions as well of like how could we scale something like this together like you already have access to this. i'm in everyone in your mastermind does real estate you got 100 dudes in there that do real estate right yeah. and, everyone yeah. wants a short-term rental and everyone wants to save money and everyone likes brands and content so it's like how do we me and you yeah. in this network even if it's with fleischman like how do we tie this together because our network of you know, investors and people are all right within grasp. And I think all of them would be excited for things like we're talking about. You Let's know? go. I'm in, Trav. You don't have I'm to in. ask me twice. I'm in too. All right. Hey, listen, thank you for being on the show. You, Appreciate you. And uh, yeah, guys, this was a great episode. If you got some value from it, make sure you share this with a friend. We don't do any advertising here at the Clever Investor Show, but we do ask you to uh, maybe drop some reviews and if you're watching this live on our YouTube channel at Clever Investor on YouTube, uh, make sure you drop a comment and uh, I'll be checking those out and uh, share it with a friend. Let's pass this along and help other entrepreneurs and investors think bigger and get out of the rat race and create some financial literacy for themselves and their family. Until next time, we're out of here. Take care. From your hair. Peace. Hey, thanks for being a subscriber of The Clever Investor Show. As a thank you gift, we wanted to give you something that we know is gonna help you get started as a creative real estate investor. It's our real estate success kit and it's completely free. Just go to www.reisuccesskit.com.
Com to customize your kit, but essentially it's a collection of 15 training tools designed to help you get results quickly as a creative real estate investor. From systems to lead generation to finding cash buyers to creative ways to close deals and get paid. Your free REI success kit is just a few clicks away. Once again, the website's www.reisuccesskit.com.